Welcome to Teaching Without Losing It. The subject I want to talk about today is uh, the idea that we probably shouldn't be using techniques that we dislike or we don't really understand. I think a great example that we all went through recently was when we had to pivot and teach from home during um, the COVID pandemic. You know, a lot of us uh, had to really retool everything we did. I know that I went from being a very pencil and paper teacher, you know, if you want to call it that, doing a lot of writing in class, a lot of writing activities, really avoiding the computer other than doing creative projects and things like that. I had to go from that to doing everything online. And uh, what our district did to, quote, help us out was to kind of inundate us in last spring, spring of 2020, with this huge variety of websites that we now had access to. They had purchased, you know, um, huge subscriptions for the whole district teachers and such. But, you know, and a lot of colleagues I know felt very overwhelmed by that. They almost felt like it was their duty to investigate everything that was handed to us. And um, as a result, they became overwhelmed. And sometimes when they ended up deciding to use five or six of these different things for their classes, the, their students also became overwhelmed. Um, because, you know, it, it seems like it's a good idea to use uh, websites that are fun and interactive. But I think, like in our case, when you teach high school students, and say, you know, they've got five different teachers, one of whom is using five or six websites, another one's using three, another one's using two, this one's using four. You know, obviously as a kid, that can be a bit much. Now, you know, I think our kids did adapt pretty well, um, all told. However, um, I think what I'm trying to say today essentially is stick with something you feel comfortable with and stick with something that seems like it's going to achieve your purpose. Um, during COVID, for example, I stuck with three websites that worked for me. Uh, one was uh, Quizlet, which a lot of you are familiar with, I imagine. And the other was Conjugamos. And the third was Flipgrid, which is great for speaking assessments. They were also very easy to use, which was very important for me because again, I'm not, you know, I'm 51. So it's not like I, I'm a digital native or, you know, have even been, you know, I've been using the internet for uh, less than half my life. So there you go. Um, I also, you know, used regular old Google worksheets and, you know, things that are, you know, were very old school, just in a new format and pretty easy to deal with. So, um, you know, my, I know that I have colleagues in my department and they will often get super duper excited about a particular website. I have a colleague uh, who loves Bookit, um, and she uses it very frequently. And I still haven't checked it out, um, not because I don't believe her, because <laughs> I think it's probably fantastic. But you know, I kind of have to do this on my own time at my own speed. And you know, once I feel like I want to try something new, then I'll do it. But there's nothing wrong with relying on the things that work for you and work for your students um, in spite of what everybody else is doing. I think as teachers, we can feel very pressured to be up with the latest and the greatest 
um, whether that's a website or it's a, you know, some sort of new data collection technique or whatever. But, you know, sometimes the best thing is going to be the thing that you feel the most mastery toward and that you can explain the best to other people. So don't feel pressured to be, you know, be checking out everything that's come down the pike because, you know, as long as you're comfortable with what you're doing, um, that's really going to come across, I think, to the students. All right. Thank you for listening.